following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Greetings, horror sluts. I'm Micah. And I'm Greg. And on the program today, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving Thanks. Trailers involving Christmas carnage and a computer-generated gator. News on Beetlejuice 2. A prequel to The Omen. A new Blumhouse movie that'll probably be PG-13. A review of Eli Roth's new Thanksgiving slasher, Thanksgiving! And a review of the Shudder exclusive, When Evil Lurks. All of this and and more. more. So keep it tight. Keep it chubby. But most of all, keep Keep it spooky. spooky. It's good, right? I love it. Are we good? Tell me I'm good. So good. Damn, that's scary. Well, my man, it appears that the Thanksgiving season is upon us. Upon us. Correct. And uh, with that in mind, I think it would only be appropriate that we take a moment a brief moment moment to reflect on the things that you and I and the rest of the team here at damn that scary uh, are thankful for thankful for this uh, this holiday season season so um, with that said I'm gonna go ahead and let you go first uh, have at it well Greg I'm thankful for rekindling my relationship with my mother oh that's cute I'm uh, I'm thankful for children's laughter. I'm thankful for Yoshi, my Shiba Inu. Oh, that's that's coincidental because I'm thankful for my cat Gizmo. I'm thankful for Jody Foster. I'm thankful for Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm thankful for the Attitude Era. I'm thankful for marital aids. I'm thankful for my immunity to chlamydia. <laughs> I'm thankful for antibiotics. I'm thankful for Alec Baldwin. I'm thankful for private browsing. I'm thankful for furry conventions. I'm thankful for the statute of limitations. I'm thankful for guns. I'm thankful for Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm thankful for Plan B. I'm thankful that Santa isn't real. I'm thankful for not being in the Holocaust. Uh-oh. Oof. I'm thankful for Glenn Danzig's anger issues. I'm thankful for my divorce. I'm thankful my stepdad's in prison. I'm thankful for watching porn with my dad. I'm thankful for cold blue spread eagle husks. But most of all, most importantly, I'm thankful for my my co-host. I have a feeling this is going to be a very special episode of Damn That Scary. Now everyone's going to think we're gay. Wait a minute, Greg. What? Did you just say... Damn! That's scary! Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Micah. I'm coming out of Reno, Nevada. Over there in Buffalo, New York, is the godsend himself, Greg. Hello. Hi, Greg. Greg. I'm going to have to take a moment to break my trend. Uh, I know you're all expecting me to come at you with some poignant and insightful hip-hop lyrics stop what you're doing because i'm about to ruin the image in the style that you used to yes that's one of my favorites clearly 
But I recently received some news, and I'm sure you may have heard. I'm sure the audience has heard because uh, yeah, it's getting around. But yeah. uh, one of my favorite urban musicians has made a bold lifestyle change lately, and uh, I do, do. We do we have to bring this up? We do. I mean, I think it's I think it's relevant. Oh. And uh, what I'm referring to, of course, is Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Giving up the marijuana. Yeah. Kind of just kills my faith in uh, humanity as a whole. God is dead. It's jarring, to say the least. Really kind of fucks with my brain. So that's it. That's the end. That's that's the end of that running joke. I guess we'll think of something soon. I call, no, 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 no. I call bullshit. I think it was a work. I think it's a gimmick. He's still smoking. Oh, you think like the like the Snoop Lion thing? You think he's just full of shit? Yeah. You know, you're probably right. I see. I had my suspicions as well. I kind of assumed in it was in the wording. He's no longer smoking marijuana, but I mean, edibles are a big fucking deal nowadays, man. He's definitely ingesting it somehow. I have to think. What do you think this did to the guy that Snoop employed that rolled his blunts? He's still employed. He just doesn't have a job. What? Wait, he's still employed, but he doesn't have a job. Uh, okay yeah. he's like the guy from office space that got stuffed in the basement you know he still shows up he just doesn't do anything yeah 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 so snoop was actually employing this gentleman 10 grand a month to just roll joints and blunts for him like what what happens to him i already told you are you serious he uh lives in the doghouse Oh, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I had about like four yeah. old fashions before we started recording. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be off the rails today. I tell you what, you know, to be perfectly honest, I gave myself at least one or two old fashions like while I was waiting for you to record today. So, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Not bragging, but I'm doing pretty okay myself. Yeah, well, Greg, I, did you watch anything uh, good the past week? Well, that's a big question. Big. A big question with a simple answer. Hmm. Just no, I did not. Oh, okay. That's, that's, yeah. Okay. I did watch a couple of trailers, though. What, 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 what? Yeah, I'm going to save you the, uh, the long-winded tale of my weekly events this time. We're just going to get right into it. Right into it. So if you're ready... If you're ready. I'm ready, spaghetti. All right, thank you. Jesus Christ, that's all I wanted to know. Yeah, it's spaghetti. Just wanted to hear you say the word spaghetti. Thank you. Uh, you like a good spaghetti. Yeah, I also have crippling OCD, and if I don't hear the word spaghetti, I, I literally cannot engage in these trailers. So That'll happen. Thank you. We've been over this. Been under it. Oh! Our first trailer is Dead, Dead Boy, Boy Detectives. Detectives. Thank God. Twilight meets the Hardy Boys in the paranormal teen thriller that'll make your days at Boy Scout camp look like Chuck Norris building a log cabin with his shirt off. It's Dead Boy Detectives. Yeah, Dead Boy Detectives is coming out to fucking Netflix. Uh If you do watch the trailer, it shows this whole open world of the paranormal with these two British lads, I guess we'll say. Lads, yeah. One small, one maybe about five pounds more than the other one. He's the tough guy. There's a part in the trailer where the guy goes, well, I'm the brains. And then you hear another voice go, and I'm the bronze. 
And it's a yeah. guy that's uh, smaller than me and you. And yes. it's like what, the way what? he pronounces bronze, it kind of sounds a lot like the word continue. Oh my God. Uh, this is actually written by the same guy that penned the Sandman. Well, the Sandman was excellent. We all know that. That's right. So the heart of the show lies on its two main characters Edwin Payne, Charles Rowland. Uh, these characters are both best friends. And what are they, Greg? Lovers. Yes, but they're also ghosts. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you got two ghosts, which I guess, uh, oh, they're dead boys, whatever. And they're solving a bunch of mysteries. And well, that's crimes. what that means. Okay, dead boys. Yeah, dead boys. Yeah, this is something that was in uh, DC back in like the 90s or some shit. I don't know. Well, this, uh, is, this is based on a comic source material. Yeah, same guy that, that penned the Sandman, whose name eludes me right now. Okay, now I understand what you meant by that. I thought he was just slumming it and writing shitty movie scripts, but this is actually from uh, from DC. DC? Well, what the fuck were they thinking with this nonsense? I don't know. I just think of like all the other like comic book material that could actually be like turned into a show, and you yeah. went with Dead Boys? Like, come on. Where's my Lobo movie? That's all I want. Dude, I would love a Lobo movie. It's one of the only comics I've ever heard of. You dumb idiot. Uh, Lobo from DC is basically like a space astronaut version of Wolverine. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's he's kind of he's got a little bit of Lemmy in him too. Lemmy and Wolverine and Superman put together, throw him deep into space. You got Lobo. What's not to love? Lobo Dead Boy Detectives, check it out this spring or whatever. I don't know. It comes out tomorrow, maybe. I who fucking knows. I yeah, who cares? Yeah, so there it is. Pass on this one. Our next trailer is for Santa, Santa isn't real. Santa isn't what? Real. He's not real. Sorry, kids. Tough break. Yeah, go fuck your faces. Move over, Bruce Willis. There's a new Christmas badass in town, and he's got enough tiny blue pills dissolving in his eggnog to ensure that the next three generations of Claws will die most certainly hard. This bad Santa is going to jingle all the way to your do-gives-a-shit. You know what I'm going with here. Santa isn't real. Check it out. Santa isn't real. Santa isn't real. It's not real. Uh, that's right. We got ourselves another, yes, another slasher santa flick yeah what would you do if one of your friends who survived an intense attack told you that it was santa who did it take him to the zoo take him to the zoo rock yeah damn right in xyz's latest film uh santa isn't real we're gonna find out exactly what they would do they would take your friend to a fucking cabin in the middle of goddamn nowhere, in the middle of winter, and all get slashed to bits by somebody dressed like Chris Kringle. Just like my days in the Boy Scouts. Santa Isn't Real is going to spread its legs and Christmas cheer and blood and guts all over your fucking face December 8th on digital and video on demand. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, honestly, Santa isn't real. You know what I'd rather watch? Porn? Yeah. With my dad. 
But I'd, uh, I'd rather watch every single Silent Night, Deadly Night, dude. Like, that's like, that's like it, man. I'd rather watch that. I'd rather watch. Yeah. Or Violent Night, like we talked about last episode. I love that movie. Oh, wait. Last episode? You mean our, our best, best episode? episode? Uh, Correct. Yeah. I mean, like, that, that's a good one. Uh, what's another good holiday horror flick that you would rather watch other than Santa isn't real? Uh, probably the ginger dead man. How about Jack Frost? Yeah, or bad Santa one and maybe two. Well, those certainly aren't horror, but I'm down for that as much as I am down with the clown. Oh, which is a lot, right? <laughs> I'd rather watch silent night. I'd rather watch Christmas evil. I'd rather watch dial code Santa. I'd rather watch Home Alone. I'd rather watch Krampus. I'd rather watch Santa's sleigh. I'd rather watch Red Christmas. I'd rather watch Amityville Christmas Vacation. I'd rather watch A Cadaver Christmas. I'd rather watch Unholy Night. I'd rather watch The Christmas Tapes. I'd rather watch Bikini Bloodbath Christmas. I'd rather watch Psycho Santa. I'd rather watch Werewolf Santa. I'd rather watch Massacre on Isle 12. I'd rather watch Stranger in the House. I'd rather watch Gremlins. I'd rather watch Gremlins 2. I'd rather watch a Christmas horror story. Horror. I'd rather watch Christmas Bloody Christmas. I'd rather watch the mean one. I'd rather watch the Grinch. But most of all, I'd rather watch Eight, Eight Crazy, Crazy Nights. <laughs> Nobody fucks with the Jesus. All right, this Christmas, disappoint your kids by telling them Santa isn't real. Uh, December 8th or something. That sounds right. Yeah, video on who gives a shit. Beautiful. Yeah. Our next trailer, and this is a good one, is Bad CGI Gator. Big fan of this. This is what you get if you let Daniel Day-Lewis direct a Lake Placid reboot. <laughs> this summer... Get ready to go swimming with a very special predator. No, not Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> it's bad CGI gator. God damn it. How dare you besmirch the name of Jeffrey Jones. It's history's greatest monster. Embracing humor in the face of excessive CGI. Full move features unveils bad CGI gator. It's set yes. in the Georgia swamplands. This ton-in-cheek horror film tells the story of six college graduates on spring break. Their act of youthful rebellion, tossing school laptops into a lake, unexpectedly transforms an alligator into a monstrous bad CGI gator! Yeah, it's, it's probably the batteries that do it, right? Uh, yeah, man, you can't like you can't trust that shit. It's all that lithium. All that lithium. All it's that, all that lithium. lithium. There's a lot of kids really hard at work in those mines, dying to get those lithium batteries for us. Correct, because if they don't, they get their feet burned. That's right. We got ourselves director Danny Draven and writer Zelman Band. If you don't know who Zelman Band is, he is probably related to Charles Band. Most likely. And I think uh, when you say Danny Draven, all I heard was Danny Draven Lewis. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, 
this is their way of poking fun at the whole like uh hollywood industries bullshit of cgi and how like well yeah it's it's uh it's sharknado it's mega yeah but it also like it, it there was an interview with the guys and it's it's like this whole thing where not just like movies like this but just hollywood itself something happened to where if you watch like a big budget multi-million dollar movie CGI is garbage. And if you go back and watch like something that came out 20 years ago, Lord of the Rings, it looks great. Jurassic Park, man. 1993. Jurassic Park is incredible. Hold on to your butt. Has yet to be topped. Why does that look better than CGI now? Well, because I think they did a mix of puppetry and uh, computer generated graphics. It was, the, it was the golden ratio. It's that, but also like the artists that work on like the CGI on these films, they're getting paid dog shit and they're also like overworked. So it's like, I, uh, Oh yeah. Well, there, there are a bunch of Asian grad students packed into a basement, just picking away at computers nonstop for $4. And they're hour. like, geez, you pulled me away from making air Jordans for this. Program the Marvels or I'll burn your feet. Ow! Ow! So they do it naturally. Obviously. These CGI artists are actually like overworked, underpaid. And that's why we had the whole like strike. But I don't even think like they did anything for it. I think I got like like a like a hundred dollar bonus or something. Yeah, you know what? I don't care. That's right. The Dan that scary staple is fuck Hollywood. But I'm definitely gonna see it because this is the type of thing that we like to support. With viewership more so than money. Yeah. Because every movie ticket I buy is two beers that I could have drank. And that's a shame to me. A goddamn shame. Goddamn right. Our next trailer is for The, the Wait. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I'm waiting for the movie The Wait to come out. Ah, that's pretty good. It's good. It's good. Did you like When Evil Lurks? I did. Of course you did. You dead-eyed, soulless sheep husk. Watch the wait. It's the same. Do it. Do it. Yeah, do, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Spanish filmmaker. Do it. Spanish filmmaker Javier Gutierrez is back with a new movie, The Wait, described as a sinister folk horror tragedy that takes place in the dark magic and forgotten and delusion countryside, a place marked by ancestral traditions. This movie is exclusive to Bloody Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wait was premiered at the uh, the the Oldenburg Film Festival. That was wait, like you mean the Oldenburg Film Festival? The Oldenburg Film Festival is actually a really big deal, Greg. I know that's why I said that. Yeah, that's right. It it takes place. Wait, really? You know what this is? No. Okay. It's... <laughs> what do you think? I research things for the show? Dude, the Oldenburg Film Festival takes place in Germany every year. Okay. It's a it's a big thing, man. Cool. So back in uh back in September, it premiered. It won a bunch of fucking awards. It's uh it won like best director, best actor. Uh I mean Jose Gutierrez is known for a lot of great things, such as well, his name is Javier. 
such as The Fall. Love it. Rings. Okay. That's that's actually that's like that's that's it. Oh, I'm sure the weight is going to be in keeping with his normal level of quality. I mean, those movies are good, dude. I, that's what I said, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But it, it's going to be released December 15th, but in Spain. It's got some stiff competition with Santa isn't real. Oh. How will we decide? If I had to choose between Santa isn't real and masturbating with a cheese grater. I'd see Santa isn't real. Right? I mean, I'd rather see a bad movie than shred my penis up. I think most people would agree. Sorry, that was a little harsh. I would rather eat glass. You can eat the glass. I'll I'll see them. Think about this. Like take taking a bite of a light bulb. Yeah, is like what ten seconds? Uh, you know, ten excruciatingly painful seconds. Yeah. Ah, come on! You just bite into it and just spit all the glass out. No big deal. You know, uh, when you really think about it, Santa isn't real doesn't look all that bad. Uh, oh, it's terrible. Murderous Santa is yeah. running around killing people. Sure. Uh, Chris Kringle turned down his head. Now he's evil kind of shit. Uh, never seen that before. They did that last year with a robot Santa, and it was Oh, you're right. Awful. Yeah, they did, they? yeah, it turns out this is a big trend at the moment, and it's just getting burnt out with every iteration that they put out. Dude, I can't wait till we make our Christmas horror flick. Yeah, what should we call it? Uh, Ski Mountain Top Massacre. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got this. I got. I got the script. We need. We need funding for it. Can we use the word "hark" in the title? So back on the <laughs> wait. <laughs> December 15th, it's going to be released in Spain. U.S. distribution news will be coming soon. This actually looks fucking incredible. It does. From the trailer itself, it's a very, like, it's kind of hard to explain. It uh, it looks Moody. like it. it, it, it Atmospheric. Uh, it, 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 dark. It, yeah, that, there you go. There you go. Atmospheric. Moody. Dark. I, 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 very reminiscent of uh, when uh, when evil lurks. It, 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 it seems like it has a lot in common. This is when evil lurks. It's when evil lurks. Yeah, which you know, not necessarily a terrible thing. Not a bad we'll, uh, thing. We'll go deeper into that. Well, I mean, that's like that trend. Do you think? Do you think the uh, Espanols have a same trend that we have, where it's like, oh, geez, Terrifier fucking blew up. Right. So we have to pump out slashers left and right. Oh, geez. Paranormal activity blew up. So we got to do the same bullshit. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen Saw? So we have to have a bunch of fucking movies exactly like Saw. You know, this is a genre of film that I would like to be the first to coin as España Peligrosa. I don't know. What? What? Not totally sure what that means, but it sounds good, right? España. You sound very clever. Thank you. I put a lot of effort into that. So the uh, the Italians had giallo. If you want to say it that way, sure. How do you say it? Oh, giallo. 
Yeah, the way you did it. Well, well then, then why are you going to say it like that? Yeah, Jalo. Yeah, Jalo. Jalo. Jalo pudding pops. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm getting kind of sleepy over here. So the Spaniards have España. 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 Yeah. And you know who would be the perfect man to direct a uh, a perfect España horror piece? A fade. A fade. 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 Let's get to work, man. We want to see you making an España classic along the lines of When Evil Lurks or The Wait. But uh, yeah, it seems like a Spanish rural setting uh, menaced by demons, complicated by parasites, people running amok, killing each other, losing their minds, zombie-esque possession kind of plot lines, but with a very dark overtone. And as you love to say it, a little bit nihilistic. I do love nihilistic horror. I like it. It's a statement. <laughs> this is the future, man. I think we're going to see a lot of these shits. Oh, I don't know. I think it's going to be like 60-40. Maybe, maybe 60-90. Huh? Uh, huh? Uh, <laughs> 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 I think it's going to be like 60% Gen Z horror that's like all like humor and sucks. And then I think 40% is going to be nihilistic where it's like people our age. People like us who are old enough to have lost faith. In yeah, why, you, why is that a thing? Why is it that like the nihilistic horror, they always have like this weathered, broken down widow who's like 40. Oh, because when you're 20, you don't know that the world is fucking terrible yet. I did. Well, that's because you got molested at Boy Scout camp. No. At least I know how to tie knots, Greg. You kiss like my dad. Well, Greg, I got news for you, buddy. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, uh, so Jordan Peele is to produce the remake of Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. Hey, that's great news. Jordan Peele's company, Monkey Paw Productions, they actually took on the task of like rebooting Wes Craven's 1991 film, The People Under the Stairs. You know it. I know it. Our fans know it. Love it. It's a great fucking movie. And honestly, I can't think of a better director to take on this project. Why? Because he's black? His films tend to have a socially conscious undertone to the stories, which People Under the Stairs clearly did. It was as much about class struggle as it was about a perverted leather daddy uh, living next door to you. I really hope they emphasize on the leather daddy and not so much on the racism. They'll probably update it to have more of like a current social climate to it. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if all the people under the stairs were minorities and the daddy character remained white, you know, the, the patriarchy. Because yeah. it was, I mean, that was the undertone of the whole thing, the original. It was it was a, a social commentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, the people under the stairs were white. Well, because they didn't get any sun for a long time. We don't know how they started off. 
to be fair. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's true. That's true. Um, so I, we, I mean, we, we, no, no, no. We've stated in the past on the show that we're like we're okay with remakes and reboots and shit because it brings attention to the original, but. To take something that was done by Wes Craven that's so good and so perfect, why remake it? Why not redistribute this? Monkey Paw Productions, they could easily make like a special Blu-ray with all these added bullshits. You don't have to remake this movie. I mean, you don't have to remake any movie, but considering that the first one, as you said, it, it really is... I mean, it's a classic for a reason. Everybody loves it. Super well made. I mean, it, it stands the test of time. It totally does. But it is right there. Test of time. This movie, it's it, it, it's it's time. Yeah, I just said that. No, I I didn't mean to cut you off, Greg. But the movie's timeless. Oh well, thanks for your input. Go ahead. Thank you. What I was gonna say is that Jordan Peele is the perfect man for the job to bring the social commentary and the politically relevant plot of people under the stairs into the modern era, give it a little bit of an update. It doesn't necessarily have to be a faithful remake. It doesn't necessarily even have to resemble the original. All it is is all it has to be is a kind of a fish out of water story of somebody breaking into a home and finding a bunch of shit in there. It could be anything. He might take it to new drastic levels where it's something even creepier than a, a raging leather pervert chasing you around and locking you in a cage in his basement. Well, there's, I mean, that scenario is ripe for all kinds of insane stuff. It's like the Burbs meets uh, Hellraiser. You know, like it, it's there's all kinds of things you could throw in there. I actually really like that. Pain has a face. Allow me to show it to you, gentlemen. Pinocchio! Where are you going? Come to daddy. Well, dude, like, I, I love Get Out. I hated Us. I hated Nope. I feel like people put too much stock into Jordan Peele. You are correct. I would agree with that. But I think this is the type of project that he is, he excels at. I didn't like that new Candyman. No, I also was not a huge uh, fan of that new Candyman. And actually, now that you're saying it, maybe Jordan Peele isn't all that good at making remakes. He's not. Yeah, I'm probably still going to see it. Well, we have to. We don't have a choice because a request has been made, and I'll be goddamned if I don't honor it. That's right. And honor it, we shall. Isn't that right, Heather? Told you only to call me that on weekends. Ayo! Ah. Well, baby, guess what? What? That there Blumhouse, I tell you what, they just keep doing what they're doing. Uh, fucking up? I cannot stand Blumhouse, but Blumhouse has had a few movies that have been like, wow, this is kind of fun, kind of good. But for the most part, they're PG-13. They play it safe, and it's a lot of bullfuckery. But Blumhouse slash Lionsgate. Oh? They got a horror movie coming out called Imaginary. Oh, good. What's that about? Imaginary, it's scheduled for a release on March 8th, 2024. The film was initially released to premiere on February 2nd, but it was delayed due to that 
nasty little strike that all those Hollywood people had. Okay, okay, okay. What's it about? Well, you ever see the movie Ted? Nope. With Mark Wahlberg? Uh-uh. And that guy that did uh, everything from Family Guy? Oh, is that the one where the guy's in love with a teddy bear? No, I mean, they're more like brothers in a way. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It's like that, but the bear is evil. Evil! Good, 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 good. Yeah, that's right. We got ourselves Tom Payne, Betty Buckley, Tegan Burns, and a bunch of others with a budget of $13 million, and they're going to come out of the park with imaginary, a story of an imaginary teddy bear that fucks everybody up. Oh, up. You said up. Okay, well, it's no longer as interesting to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, Greg. Imaginary is actually following a young girl named Jessica who returns home. Oh, just like me. The plot thickens when Jessica's stepdaughter, Alice, played by Piper Braun, grows increasingly attached to Jessica's old stepped stuffed teddy bear, Chauncey. Chauncey. As the story unfolds, Alice's behavior becomes concerning, and the game she plays with Chauncey turns sinister. Chauncey. Leading Jessica to a terrifying... Real quick, say, say that name again. Which one? Teddy bear? Chauncey. Chauncey. Chauncey? Chauncey. 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 Leading Jessica to a terrifying realization about the bear that Chauncey is evil. Chauncey. Okay, this uh This sounds like Chucky. This sounds like child's play with a bear. It's it's Ted, Megan, and Chucky all put together. Sure. And you know what? When you put it that way, it doesn't sound half bad. Maybe I'll check this one out. Well, I'm got I me, mean, I'm going to. If only it wasn't Blumhouse and they hadn't fucked up so, so, so many times in the recent past. I fucking despise Blumhouse. Yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's was a fucking debacle. Halloween Ends made me want to kill, kill my family. family. Every one of those Halloween movies except for the 2018 one was bad. The Paranormal Activity movies sucked except for the first one. Didn't they do The Invisible Man? Yeah. Fuck Blumhouse. <laughs> For listeners, like, do yourself a favor. Pause the show. YouTube Jason Blum and listen to this guy talk. He's a psychopath. Yeah, he's he's Russ McCamey levels of psycho. Russ McCamey, if he had, like, Jeff Bezos money. Also, never listen to what Micah says. If you pause the show, demons will invade your underpants and they will never leave. I've heard. Greg is a run. Yeah. Never pause the show. Words of wisdom, Lloyd. Words of wisdom. Hey, Greg, guess what? What? We're going to get a prequel to The Omen. Oh, shit. That's right. April 5th, 2024. This new chapter, emerging from the shadows of its sinister predecessor, will be presented. I love emergence. <laughs> will be presented by 20th Century Studios and Universal Pictures, which means Blumhouse has fuck all to do with this movie. That's the best news I've heard all day. That's right, my man. Arkasha Stevenson my favorite. is directing this movie. He offers a, a fresh narrative 
revolving around a young American woman in Rome. Also my favorite. <laughs> Her journey of faith turns ominous as she stumbles upon a daunting conspiracy aiming to manifest evil incarnate. Good. The film's intriguing plot promises to intertwine with the original's chilling lore, adding depth to the already complex Omen universe. Cool. Well, as, as long as they have a uh, either a reference or a recreation to that scene where the big glass pane cuts the guy's head off, that's all I need. And it has it has to be slow motion. Exactly. And Disturbed has to be playing in the background. Yeah, I want to hear get up, get down with the sickness. Yeah, as a pane of glass is slowly sliding through somebody's neck. Do you want that or do you want like, I don't know, a fucking limp biscuit? No, I want as soon as the, the glass hits the, the throat, that's where it hits slow motion. And then it goes. Actually, really enjoyed that. That was good. Yeah. And then it like, and then it picks up with a blood splatter, like. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Give it to me. No singing. No singing. A big old picture from uh, Beetlejuice 2, that surface. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is shown portrayed as Beetlejuice shoving a syringe in somebody's neck that said true serum. And uh, the picture is taken down all across the board uh, because it was a leaked image. I saw it. I know you saw it. I know pretty much everybody out there who cares about Beetlejuice saw it. And I got to say, looks great. That's right. Uh, but honestly, I, I agree with the studio. I don't want to see any of this. You want to go in totally, uh, totally cold? It's just no, no previews, no expectations, no nothing? So a couple years ago, when that last Star Wars movie came out, that one that absolutely was just awful. I mm. uh, mean, every one since uh, Empire Strikes Back? That's the one. Uh, yeah. So, the guy that did Kylo Ren, what's his name? Uh, I, I, uh, Steven Seagal, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, 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 you might be right. Steven Seagal actually came out and said, I don't want a trailer for uh star wars rise of skywalker sith of the jedi um i just want people to go see it because they'll they'll see it you you probably don't have to advertise star wars yeah people are gonna check that out no exactly so for beetlejuice 2 i don't want to see beetlejuice how are you gonna know if it looks good or not i am going to see a movie called Beetlejuice 2 solely on the fact that it's called Beetlejuice 2, Greg. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I mean, I think anyone uh, anyone in our, let's say, mature age demographic 40. probably only needs to, uh, to hear the title and they're already signed up. But I think if they want to attract younger viewers, if they want to attract, uh, you know, people outside of the original Beetlejuice fan base, they're probably going to want to put out a trailer. That's kind of mid. It's, it is kind of mid. Kind of mid. Right. It is, it is mid. You don't need a trailer for Beetlejuice 2. 
Yeah, I I don't need to see images. I honestly like I was at first when I saw this image of Beetlejuice sticking the syringe in a guy's neck, I was very excited. Yeah. I was I, I, I actually got like a little emotional. Okay. Uh because nostalgia is the only thing I care about now. Sure. I agree. But I'm not happy that I saw it. Well, in my opinion. If you need a preview in order to sell a BJ, probably doing it wrong. That's right. My grandma told me that. Just before the AIDS took her soul to hell. I thought she died at a Travis Scott concert. Oh, that was her reanimated corpse. Yeah, she's uh, she's been double killed. She's an eternal demon. Yeah, my, that's my grandma. Love it. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins has been hunting her down for literal centuries he just can't seem to get the job done yeah she was in great pain then we cut off her head and drove a stick to her heart and burned it and then she found peace mama mia too bad well greg before we get into uh some movies that we saw recently Hmm. i think we should apologize oh this again i reckon uh as per tradition i would like to go first Please do. Matt? Thank you, Matt. He's so good at piano. Perfect in every way. Every way. Love him. I would like to apologize to Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, we were a little harsh on you last episode. You're really not that unattractive. As a matter of fact, Jodie, you are like... 80% more attractive than a lot of my exes, including my Uh ex-wife. Jody, I really hope that Anthony Hopkins got to part your legs the same way that Charlton Heston parted the Red Sea in the Ten Commandments. Let my people go. Jody, a man tried to kill a fucking president for you. And here I am talking about how you're not sexy i don't think so so jody damn that scary micah greg we love you still kind of mid though and not sexy well i guess it's my turn i'm gonna keep this one brief gonna keep it quick as is my usual way and i'm going to apologize this week to one Christopher Columbus. What? Yeah, well, with the onset of Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, the fall time of year, uh, we got the the in-between holiday, I like to call it, after Halloween, before Christmas, often overlooked. However, lately, uh, I have been guilty. Of? Guilty of celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving which some of our more astute listeners may know, happens to fall on American Columbus Day. And so for that, I must apologize. Ah. Christopher Columbus, Chris, as you like to be called, I apologize for besmirching the day of your birth or whatever the fuck it is that we celebrate. Yeah. And instead, giving my loyalty, my allegiance, and my appetite to the Canadians for a feast 
unbecoming of a man of your accomplishments. Not only did you discover America, but you put forth your greatest effort to pillage and rape the shit out of it until there was nothing left except a table full of turkey and some very, very dissatisfied Native American hostages. So without getting overly political, I would just like to apologize for replacing your bullshit holiday with another bullshit holiday, but uh, one that at least is more satisfying to me personally. You got outclassed, kid. Could happen to anyone. The end. Well, Greg, I gotta tell you, I feel a whole lot better, but also I want to talk about a movie that I just saw last night. Oh, good. What was it? It was none other than Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Oh, how relevant. How topical. How very topical indeed. You got yourself a long list of Thanksgiving horror movies. I do. Such as Blood Rage. Oh, thanks killing. The Pilgrim. Thanks killing two. Incorrect. Thanks killing three. Fuck. That's probably about it, huh? Yes. Yeah, that's it. You know, this is an untapped market that I think could really use a little bit of beefing up. You goddamn right. And that's exactly what Eli Roth did. Thank God. Thanksgiving is a, what I like to call a pure slasher. Oh? Yeah. Everything from the cold opener to the end. Thanksgiving is perfect. It had you laughing. It had you crying. It had you invested in the characters and it had you yearning for more. Had you touching yourself in confusion? I mean, I did, but not in confusion. I knew exactly oh. what I wanted, Greg. Good. Eli Roth absolutely fucking killed this goddamn movie. Who? Eli Roth. Where do we know him from? We know him from such films as Cabin Fever. Hostel? Hostel 2. There's probably a third one, I think. The Green Inferno. He was in some of those Tarantino movies. He did that one uh, claymation shit, The Rotten Fruit, back in the day. Yay! He's got a show on uh, some network, History of Horror. Actually, I actually really like Eli Roth. I mean, yeah, he's done some, but at the same time, like, the dude's a bro and he's cool. You know, I've always thought that I, I enjoy his work much more than I would enjoy talking to him in person. I don't know, man. He uh, he was on Joe Bob Briggs, and he had, like, a very good history listen on Jalo. Oh, yeah? But what does he know about España? Absolutely nothing, because you are the Eli Roth of España, Greg. Correct. I'm the authority on España. And we'll get to that momentarily. Bring it on, Eli! Greg, I can't wait until you see this movie. You should see it. All of our listeners should definitely see this movie. It's fantastic. I know earlier I said it had heart, but one thing it definitely has is a lot of humor. Okay. But the humor doesn't overpower the gore and the scares. Give me a quick plot recap, if you will. A quick recap would be is that there was a Black Friday sale Everyone gets trampled. People get mutilated. Some dude 
cut his fucking throat on broken glass and was still trying to grab items that were on sale. He drops down, bleeding out. Meanwhile, another woman that you think is going to come save him takes said item from his hand. And a woman gets scalped, gets her skull crushed. Some dude gets his arm broken in half. It's disgusting. It's fucking amazing. And meanwhile, while this is all going on, somebody like people are like filming it, making viral videos. It's awesome. So you fast forward a year later, and there's a killing, and then another killing, and then another killing. And the next thing you know, people are getting tagged in pictures on Instagram about like a, a table sitting where they gotta like come sit. And it, it, dude, it's just, it's awesome. The ending is great. The plot's great. Everything is fantastic. Hmm. I, I, dude, I cannot stress enough how good the humor is in this movie, but it doesn't overpower the plot. It doesn't overpower the gore. Okay. It's just really fucking good. And the fact that this was a faux trailer from Grindhouse, Greg. I remember that. 2007 Grindhouse. You got like Rob Zombie made a fucking trailer with Nicolas Cage, which I really hope becomes a movie. Uh-huh. I hope I hope every fucking faux trailer from Grindhouse. I hope don't. If you're thinking about going into this house, don't. That was uh, Simon Pegg, I believe, right? It was. Yeah. And I really hope that that becomes a fucking movie. Well, they already did uh, Machete. I was just going to fucking say that. Goddamn right. See, Rodriguez capitalized on Machete. 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 And then you got Eli Roth capitalized on Thanksgiving. And, and like everyone else should capitalize on those fake ass trailers too. Well, I I kind of have to wonder, are these genius ideas or are these directors that are running out of ideas 20 years later? Fuck you, Greg. It's great. Yeah, I would have to agree. Having not seen the movie myself, I do think the trailer looked incredible. And the way you describe it, although convoluted, does sound incredibly entertaining. So I'm definitely going to put that one on my own personal list. Hey, you know what? No. Fuck you. You could blame it on the alcohol. Oh. Why my review is convoluted. Well, I do blame pretty much everything on the alcohol so that would be nothing new for me you goddamn right but dude thanksgiving is phenomenal i cannot stress enough i did not want this movie to end i wanted more but greg this is the part of the show where i mentioned that i am drinking a 300 bottle of jack daniels single barrel select from their private stock I'm mixing it with maple syrup and bitters in a nice crystal glass. This, my friend, is a maple old-fashioned. Oh, well, that's rather impressive, considering that I'm drinking a warm, salty Coors Light from the cupped hands of a trucker whom I recently hitched a ride upon from the city of Santa Fe to Albuquerque, New Mexico. At least it's not a Bud Light. It sure tasted like one. Yeah. I can't say enough good things about Thanksgiving. Clearly. Everyone should go see it. Greg, you got to see it, dude. It's fucking great. I can't wait till they make a sequel. I hope they make a sequel. Totally. I'm going to do it right now. Uh, and uh, much like last episode, 
we brought up Damian Leone's Terrifier. Did we? Thanksgiving. Now that is a fucking slasher. And more importantly, it takes place on a holiday. Get real, Leone. I, I'm pretty sure the last two Terrifier movies were on Halloween. Wait, is that where he was dressed as a clown? Was that a Halloween costume? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I take it back. Next week's Apology Corner will be to Damien Leone because of my recent outburst. And Art the Fart. Clown. Art the Clown. Get it right or pay the price. All right. You heard it here first. See Thanksgiving. The Eli Roth soon-to-be cult classic in the making. It's getting great reviews. Rotten Tomatoes can't stop sucking it off. Micah clearly enjoyed it. Let's all see Thanksgiving. Yeah. But more importantly, Greg and I got to tell you about a movie we just saw. Oh, do we? Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. I think the genre is called España. España is the new genre. For those of you who have actually been paying attention to this episode, all that bullshit wasn't leading up to nothing. We actually have an España classic for you. España! If you can call something that came out in 2023 classic. I don't know if that's proper nomenclature, but we're doing it. Because we don't follow your rules on Damn That Scary, Dad. Yeah, we don't make the rules. We break the rules yeah but our rules that we do make we also break and we're breaking it right now because we promised you that we were going to give you boat horror but guess what greg and i both cannot get a boating license because of our past felonies alcoholism yeah 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 no i mean it was uh it was bureaucracy bureaucracy was the problem bureaucracy paperwork not the fact that Captain Stabbin wouldn't fucking approve my boating license. Not my goddamn drinking problem. Not the fact that I'm not allowed within 50 yards of a school. Just keep those kids off the docks and we're good, goddammit. That's what I keep saying. Kids are everywhere nowadays, Greg. And they don't mix with semen. And if there's one thing I can tell you about this next movie is that, yeah, kids just kind of suck. Sure do. Yeah. Which turns out is a major theme of the film we're about to discuss. Would you like to introduce it? Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Shudder's exclusive When, when Evil Lurks. Evil Lurks. That was close. We almost did it. That's right. In a remote village, two brothers find a demon-infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. It's the most 2023 thing I've heard all day. Yeah, goddamn right it is. But they decide to get rid of the body only to end up unintentionally spreading chaos. Yeah, they fucked the entire town with that move. So this is a movie that I've been harping on Greg to watch for a while now. And you finally got to watch it. Greg, how do you feel about this shit? Well, my honest opinion? Yeah. I fucking loved it. Yes. When Evil Lurks was fantastic. Clearly a staple in the budding Espana genre. This had atmosphere, it had gore, it had acting talent. At least for me, this was a bold new take on what could have been a possession movie, could have been a zombie movie. It almost, you know, it kind of reminded me of the um, the John Goodman classic. I think it was from like 1997, Fallen. 
dude, I was actually going to bring that up, man. Yeah, where the demon kind of jumps from person to person. Absolutely. It follows uh, two brothers that are uh, awakened by gunshots in the distance, right? Gunshots in the night, which is always upsetting. So now it, it was very unclear of what year this film takes place, right? Kind of timeless. It, the setting is rural uh, Spain. Or no, it's... Um, Argentina? Argentina. Yeah, it's, it's South America. Now, it's Spanish-speaking, but uh, I believe it was South America. I, th- I, I think it's Argentina, dude. That sounds right. Either way, it's rural. So you see fields, you see farmhouses, you see what are basically Spanish rednecks with guns. Uh, you know, solving problems the way that you do in that setting. They hear gunshots in the night, so they grab their shotguns and they go exploring. They go exploring, and as they're exploring, they encounter another guy who's very bald, very pissed off, very unreasonable. And he is the uh, he is basically the landlord. Yeah, so he owns the land that everyone's living on. No shit. Uh, and they stumble upon a farmhouse where they find uh, like a priest ripped in half. Well, they find the they find the split priest as i like to call him in the woods on the way to this farmhouse they see his what you find out later is basically exorcism equipment yeah they find like a sextant and an astrolabe and a bunch of fucking weird gears yeah they don't know what any of it means but they find a man split in half and they're wondering what the fuck happened so they follow the trail of carnage to the nearest what's basically a shed with a family living in it they're like squatters on uh on this man's land and this is where it takes a, a little bit of an interesting turn. Oh, man. It takes a real big turn, dude. In the bedroom of this shed is a large, bloated beast of a man. Was he a great big fat person? Think of, like, the movie Blade, that that key, that gatekeeper thing that was, like, big, large, pustulous creature. He's a big fat buck, yeah. Hey, do you have to call me fat? Which brings me to one of the most important points I could make about when evil lurks. It is incredibly fat phobic, and I do not approve of that kind of message. Well, I certainly do because I don't like fat people. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's they're inhuman. That hurts my feelings. Yeah. How do you guys walk without chafing everything? Right? Your rascal scooters are polluting the atmosphere at start an alarming rate. I've been to enough insane clown posse shows to know that you all smell. I've been to enough hot dog eating contests to know that you fucking cheat. But at the same time, you have a great sense of humor because Chris Farley was one of yous. Oh, look at my titties. You really are a fat bastard. So it turns out this big fat fuck is actually a demon poised to give birth to yet another demon. But the issue at hand is that it can't do it until its corporeal form is killed. That's right. So apparently this fat, tubby, lubby piece of fucking butterball shit can't be killed by conventional weapons. No. Or else an unspeakable evil will be released upon the land. So you need this special priest to come and do a special ritual to kill this fat, pus-filled, tubby-lubby ball of shit. He's basically, they're waiting for an exorcist. However, 
the man that our heroes found in the woods on the way there was said exorcist. So he is no more. He's not going to be doing anything anytime soon. So the brothers and the landlord, the pissed off bald landlord, they decide to fucking take him, load him up in the truck and drive him like 300 miles out of town. Yeah, they think fast and they say, let's get piggy pig piggy in the back of this truck and just get him the fuck out of here. Let's fucking get Lizzo in the back of this truck and just fucking hightail out of here. And they do. However, a bit of a twist comes along when they almost murder a child on a bike with their truck. Forcing them to swerve, which eventually results in them losing said big tubby tub tub fat fat from the back of the flatbed. In a total, like, Benny Hill fashion, too. Yeah, he just fucking, he flips, flings, and flies off the back of their truck. They don't even notice it for another 20 minutes. They turn around, can't find him. There's slop all over the tailgate. Pusses the everywhere. fenders and everything. It's disgusting. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this film was the, the practical effects. Oh, yeah. It really got the message across. I mean, when we say big fat man, we're talking, like, the corpse from seven, like the gluttony guy where he's all veiny and he's wearing piss and shit stained shorts. And it's all very sloppy looking. He looks like if they dropped him too hard, he'd pop like a water balloon. Uh, That's actually hilarious. And that's extra demonic to me. Yeah. So uh, one of the brothers is like, Oh my God, I got to go to my ex-wife's house to grab my kids and get them out of town. Well, it's the cold blue spread Eagle husk of his ex-wife. So he's actually violating a restraining order by showing up there. But he doesn't care. He ends up getting naked right in the foyer. Foyer. Dropping his clothes down. He does have a reason, though. They rightfully assume that all of their clothing and possessions are cursed by Fatty Pig Fatty. So they have to remove their clothes. They have to leave all of their belongings behind and basically start a new life wherever they're going. So he rips all his clothes off and he burns them in the front yard. Well, it turns out he's right, but also turns out he fucked up, dude. You don't fucked up now! Oh? Because apparently they have a family dog that decided to go sniffing around there his fucking clothes, giving a little lickski, and he becomes possessed. Well, he probably shouldn't have shed all that peanut butter into his shorts before he took his pants off. This is where I think we should probably leave you with the review. You think? I mean, it is a new movie. It is a very new movie, but... Some very surprising and upsetting things happen from here on out. I'm going to piggyback off what Greg said. Piggy fat piggyback? I cannot stress how fucking upsetting and disgusting this movie is. Oh, it's fantastic. And how much we love this fucking movie. So... If we're going to leave it there, uh, and we highly advise that you continue the story for yourselves, that you watch the film, trust me, it gets shocking, it gets upsetting and bizarre in an ending that will stick with you and fuck with your psyche for hours on end. Certainly did to me and my cat. When Evil Lurks keeps getting worse based on the decisions of the main character. Just like my sexual performance. He thinks he's doing the right thing, but actually he's not. That's what she said. The director of the movie, Damien Rugna, 
had another film, uh, I think a few years, maybe like six years ago, it came out called Terrified. Terrified is a really, really good fucking horror flick. Not to be confused with that clown porno that he was talking about earlier. That's right. This is Terrified, not Terrifier. Terrified is a very good fucking movie. It does suffer from bad CGI, but honestly, like, Greg, Craig. you love this movie. I love this movie, but I, I, I gotta say it, man. The CGI sucks. In what, Terrified or in When Evil Lurks? When Evil Lurks. I don't know if I agree with that. There were plenty of practical splatter effects. The CGI was kind of minimal. It really, it didn't, uh, it was rough, but it wasn't enough to take you out of it. The end of the first act, there is a very intense scene that I feel could be overshadowed by bad CGI. Didn't we just say we didn't want to talk about the plot more? It was the scene where the woman <laughs> herself in the <laughs> It's the opener of the movie, dude. If you're talking about the scene I think you're talking about, it was enough of a shocker at the time. I mean, you do not see that coming. And those events happen in such rapid succession that you don't even have a, a moment to catch your breath, let alone focus on the CGI until you've already processed it. So I don't. I think anyone going into this film fresh without expecting anything, without knowing what's about to happen, they're not going to be distracted by it. Yeah, you make a good point, Greg. I just don't like bad CGI. It didn't take away from the scene, but it was kind of distracting for me. Well, I do like bad CGI, and that's why I plan on revolving my entire life around the release of Bad CGI Gator, coming this December. From Full Moon Pictures. Hell yeah. So, with that said, my man, what uh, what kind of score would you give Quen Evil Lurks? Four out of five scaries. The only reason why... Fuck you. Five out of five. <laughs> the only reason why we got four out of five is because there's no tits. You know, that's fair, and it is consistent, so I will accept that. You know what? I'm going to take it back. Five out of five. 4.5 out of five, because we not just had one kid, but two kids killed. And hey, if there's hey, one hey, spoilers thing... now. Come on. I don't give a fuck. All right. You like watching kids get killed, you're going to love when evil lurks. Micah and Greg, we both agree. Kids suck. You correct yes and they should be in every horror movie no 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 i will admit it was refreshing to see this complete lack of conventional uh movie censorship they did not hold back on the child murder and you really you know when it comes to american hollywood bullshit you don't see a lot of that so it, it was it was a point in their favor for sure jeffrey jones would not approve. No, no, he's not about killing the kids. He wants to keep them alive as long as possible. Until they grow up. So you heard it here first. Five out of five. Four and a half out of five. For when evil lurks. Hopefully it sets a trend in the España genre. I'd love to see a whole lot more. España! We love the setting. We love the mood. We love the tone. The score is great. The score is great. The uh, the nihilistic kind of overtones to it. Give me more of that, I say. I do love nihilistic horror, baby. Of course. Of course. Of course. So, uh, hey, Greg. Yeah. 
you think maybe we can get our boating licenses for next week? Oh, you want to try this again? Maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe we'll eventually, sometime in the near future, we'll actually get on a boat and do some boat horror once uh, once you uh, fix the bureaucratic issues that you had with getting that boating license. Bingo, bingo, whammo, flammo. I will do my best, Greg. Next time, we're going to do some boat horror. I'll pack the banana sandwiches. Yay! Now, well, Greg, until next time. Till next time what? Till next time. Is, is there more to that? Like, till next time, what do you mean? Like, is there like a semicolon there? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's like a. I'm, I'm not like autistic. Like, until next time. It's a sentence fragment, really, is what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just drunk. Like, like until next time. Oh, gonna... you're drunk. Okay, yeah. I get it. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time. Love each other. I care for one another. But most importantly, keep, keep it, it Damn, that's scary. It's the way the fucking cookies are made when it comes to fucking damn that scary. How dare you besmirch the name of Jeffrey Jones. Will you give it to me? I really hope they emphasize on the leather daddy. And not so much on the racism. Yeah! What, 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 what? I'm not a rapist, Greg. You'll sound like it if you say that. <sighs> all day, I dream about sex. All day. No singing! All day, I dream about sex. No singing! All day, I dream... No singing! Oh. Not my goddamn drinking problem. Oh, look at my titties. Oh, ah. it, 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 uh, it, 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 yeah, it, that, there you go. There you go.